Before we begin today's episode, I want to share the news in the pod officially that we have our first sponsor here at the Two Pad Stack Podcast. We've recently become a brand ambassador for SeatGeek. And if you haven't heard of SeatGeek, it's a super useful app that takes the confusion out of buying live event tickets. They provide a 0 to 10 score on each ticket to let you know if you're getting a good, which will show up as green deal, or a bad deal, which would be red. Uh, on the ticket. So if you are ever never, not really sure what is a good deal on the tickets that you're looking at purchasing, SeatGeek is a great application for you to use to really take that confusion out of it. Best of all, all of our listeners here at the Two Pad Stack can save $20 off of your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek when you use our code at checkout. And that code is 2PADSTACKPOD. That's the number two, PADSTACK, P-A-D-S-T-A-C-K, POD, all one word. Once again, that is the code 2PADSTACKPOD, and you can save yourself $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. All right, now into the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 2PADSTACKPOD. Wow, we're starting off strong here tonight. Um, I'm Ace, your host. Alongside me tonight, once again, is our wonderful co-host, Birch. How's it going tonight, Birch? Oh, it's going, you know, the duels of everyday life work kids getting my ass kicked in hockey you know how it goes man what's up with you <laughs> oh dude just finished the uh primetime productions speaking of uh thanks again for primetime productions bringing us the podcast of the masses um producing this podcast happily in uh, respectfully in partnership with primetime productions so um, yeah, we just finished the primetime productions uh, fantasy draft for the NHL season. Um, we're officially into October now. So, uh, you know, everybody's all talking about spooky season. I'm talking about hockey season, baby. <laughs> hockey season is here. Um, we are officially nine days away at the time of recording the, to um, the Boston Bruins regular season next Wednesday. So uh, exciting times, dude. Exciting times. Um, I'm ready to uh, really hit this season, uh, hit the ground running. Me and uh, my daughter, we're going to be driving down to Boston tomorrow afternoon to catch our first game at the Garden. It's a preseason game, but um, it'll be good to go and catch a game with her again. We haven't been there at a hockey game since game four against Florida. So we're uh, we're definitely due. Are you going to be going to any games this year? I'm going to try. I'd love to take my son again. We took him not last season, the season before. I think he, he was still able to be a lap child at that point. Yeah. Um, so, and he was very well behaved. We had a great time and it was great to expose him to the atmosphere. I think he was a little overwhelmed at first when, you know, the goal horn went off and zombie nation oh, yeah. started blaring all the loud, the loud noises, because you know how, you know how kids, you know, you put on these kind of little headphones for them to protect mm-hmm. their hearing. He would not keep it on. We tried so hard to keep it on him and he wouldn't do it but at the end of the day he had a blast i wouldn't do another lap child game though because those seats at the garden are so tight together now <clears throat> with all the changes oh, yeah, they've made like he, he wanted to walk around and like we we picked end seats you know to, mm-hmm. to to be able to let him walk on the stairs but like he couldn't even stand up in front of our seat because he was whacking the people in front of us and luckily we had some good people in front of us they're like oh it's a cute little one-year-old kid at his first game like, we'll let it go but yeah never again never again will i will i do a lap child at a game i will spend the extra money to get him a seat and the problem is with that 
because I can really only take him to a matinee game. I really, he's still too young to go to like a seven o'clock game because right. by the time we get him home, it's 11 o'clock at night. And those are always the most expensive because that's where everybody wants to take their kids. So it, that's, that's part of the mm-hmm. battle. We'll see, we'll see how, how it goes this year. And I'd love to get him back into the garden. I really would. That's why preseason's great, especially to bring mm-hmm. kids to, um, you know, you get a taste of what the real experience is, but you're not paying those through the nose prices. Um, Got a shout out from what I've seen so far. The Boston Bruins fan base showing up pretty well in pretty yeah. games. Um, obviously, the bees hit the ice in, in Philly tonight. There were like no fans in the Wells Fargo Center. <laughs> like it was. And they played empty. a lot of their pros. <laughs> yeah, dude. They had a very veteran heavy lineup tonight. Um, and they really outclassed the bees. We'll touch a little bit on the game. Um, unfortunately, Burge was actually on the ice, he couldn't watch the game. But uh, well, well, I was able to watch the majority of it between the uh, fantasy draft, so I'll provide my my takes on it and stuff a little later on tonight. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it, it's gonna be interesting. Um, last year, all the games that I went to at the Garden, I was a member of the Boston Garden Society, so oh, I was nice. up in the uh, rafters and awesome everything. I was up there. The, yeah, it was a good experience, but you know. I don't know if fans know or, or, or our listeners know this, but you know, it's a different style of things up there. Like you pay for your membership mm-hmm. on an annual basis and that membership enables you to purchase tickets for that area up there. So you mm-hmm. don't automatically get tickets. You just have the ability to purchase them. So not only are you paying a large sum of money to become a member up there, that doesn't come with the tickets. Like it's an additional expense. So I did some calculations and I was like, all right, you know, I went to about 10 or 11 games plus, you know, those tickets were either anywhere from like 70 bucks to 110 bucks mm-hmm. each, which generally speaking, they are less than what, you know, the normal ticket prices are um, for upper bowl in the uh, balcony, but it's still between the initial investment and then purchasing the tickets and then the fact that you're not guaranteed the tickets if you want them, like they can sell out and you can't get access to those tickets, even though you paid for that membership. Um, and it, it just wasn't enough for me. It didn't provide enough of a compelling like return on my investment. And then there's also the fact that in the postseason, there's no guarantee to even have access to tickets up there past the first round because the NHL media folks, they will get full dibs of that entire uh, wow. upper bowl yeah so it, it just didn't make sense to extend it this year so I, it'll be interesting i had an experience up there one of my friends works for the you know the team and the ticket sales department so a buddy of mine pre-covid this was right before covid dropped before i had any kids we we went to a bruins game and we met up with her and she got us up there to kind of to check it out to see what it was like up there and <clears throat> i'll be honest with you like my buddy and I were like, we should do this. And like, is it true that like you can buy tickets to just stand up there? Like you don't need to buy a seat. So like I enjoyed watching the game standing up there. Oh, absolutely. Way better than I would have I preferred it actually. Um, When you're up in the, uh, the rafters section, uh, I prefer the standing room tickets because you can be right up against basically the wall. Mm -hmm. um and they have like a standing bar right in front of you so you have a place you can put your beer your food and you're just basically overlooking the ice you have a perfect sight line of things i love don't don't 
don't get me wrong, dude. Like, I loved the perks of being up there. The perks of being in the rafters club are pretty, pretty well established. They do a good job of advertising them. You get an elevator straight up to where your yep. floor is. You don't have to go up any escalators, wait in line and behind a bunch of people. The restroom lines are probably 30 times shorter. Mm-hmm. So you put down too many brewskis and you got to take a leak. You don't have to time that in the middle of the game. So you don't wait in that astronomical yep. line between periods. Um, a lot of food options up there. So you're getting the same option, much shorter lines for convenience. The bars have much shorter lines. Um, it, it's a great, great experience up there. I just didn't like the fact, like if I could get guaranteed seats and like a season ticket package up there in the mm-hmm. rafters club, I'm in. And if I could, oh, the other thing that pissed me off about it too, was you pay one membership and enables you to get tickets, buy tickets for all events at the garden. Right. Which some people would like. Some people aren't like me and obsess over hockey and only hockey. But with the Rafters Club membership, you can buy Celtics, you can buy concerts, and you can buy Bruins. So I was like, hey, will you like cut my membership fees if you just, you know, <laughs> I, I, let me only buy Bruins tickets? Like, I don't want to pay for all the other shit. I just want to go for Beast right. games. Somebody else right. can have my space. No, sorry, sir. It's only, uh, you know, one membership enables you to get all of it. I was like, well, I'm just going to go get an 11 game plan in, yeah. the, in the balcony. Like, that's what I need. And I end up paying less money for 11 games for two seats than my one membership. Okay. Um, plus, like, can you buy games. more than one ticket with your membership or do you have to buy you? So with your membership, you can buy two tickets. OK. And you are allowed to buy two tickets for a game and send somebody. But they need to be, they, they are basically acting as your representative as a member there. So anything that they do to get themselves into trouble. Yeah, you're like, screwed. Yeah, your name's on that ticket. So, um, but yeah, they would generally speaking have only the seats available at first up there. And then once all the seats are sold, then they would offer those standing room only tickets. And I, late in the season, those standing room only tickets were like 60 bucks. So you I could get into that. a bees game for sixty bucks. I just love I love being up there because you know the balcony is just too crowded for me, and especially now that you know I'm sure you take you would take your daughter. There's a lot of yahoos that are up there in, in the balcony, mm-hmm. and I don't I, I've had plenty of times where I've been at the garden where people have flown down ten rows of seats on top of me and on top of like my girlfriend at the time. Like I, I want no part of that. Like I want to go and I want to watch the game. I don't need to get into the shenanigans that goes on. I mean, you see, I don't know how often it happens at the garden, but you see what's going on in pro sports right now. All the videos on social media of these fans fighting each other all the time. And like, I just want to go and watch a game and being up there in the, in that, like that in the Raptors club, it was so peaceful. It was nice. You could actually take in the game. And again, if, COVID didn't happen. My and you know my buddy didn't get you know we both didn't get married and have kids. We probably would have spent the money at the time to just you know screw it. Let's do it. We'll get one membership. We'll get two tickets, or we'll get two memberships. Have four tickets, and we'll split it with each other, so we can each take you know our group of people to, to the game. I wish it was less expensive because it was when she told me the price of that. I was like, holy crap! Like, dude, that's a lot of money to not even be guaranteed a seat. Yeah, I mean, I I I they, they thankfully they offer a payment plan. So it was okay. like a hundred bucks a month for like seven months or something like that. Or, or no, it was like, um, for, for 
190 for like seven yeah. months. So it wasn't it wasn't exorbitant, but it was still not cheap. And the fact that I didn't have guaranteed access really fucking kind of um, ground my gears. Yeah. But I will I will shout out their their reps that are your account managers for the mm-hmm. Raptors Club. Um they were usually pretty accommodating as long as the demand for the seats weren't high. I had a few times where I was like, Hey, can I buy like a couple extra seats? Like I want to bring a couple more people with me. And they were able to look at inventory and mm-hmm. technically your account only allows you to have two, but they hooked me up and I was able to go and bring a bunch of people up there. And I basically was like flexing on people. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of a big deal. The Boston garden society. Look at all <laughs> the things that I have access to up here. Like that—that's what happened when I got onto that elevator. And then Charlie Jacobs gets on the elevator. Yeah, I saw him up there too. Yeah, I saw him up there too. I saw Brick up there and Jack up there as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was pretty a pretty cool experience. And like you know, those those ticket reps at, with the team are great. Like my friend, I'm not gonna say say her name, but like she's she's been great. Like she was the one that allowed me to be able to go to like watch a Bruins game in a box like they wanted to just sell the box out it was like the day of and they're like hey we're selling these tickets for 50 bucks you could sit in a box i'm like all right we'll be there again before kids but like it was a great it was a great experience and then the next day she she was able to hook me up and get me into the season ticket holder meet and greet that they had so i got to meet i got to meet all like pasternak marshan krejci brask all those guys that were on the team at the time as this is a once in a lifetime thing for me like i was like i'm gonna go meet my meet my boy tuka rask here and shake his hand and ask him how his hand's feeling after he caught a puck with that blocker so like it was they they are great there (laughs) we don't want to spiral on a tangent right now do we (laughs) no they, they they're great there and you know i have not had nothing but positive experiences with them there so it would be awesome if she could hook up a guard society membership. That would be great. But obviously that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah. Burge's friend. If you want to hook the two pad stack podcast up with a uh, one game ticket for the uh, Boston garden society to give away to a listener, you know, we can, Ooh. we can talk about that. Maybe I'll make a call. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So yeah, we're, we're heading back there. Um, we are going to be me and Aria are, it's we so all of my games are in this one section um way up i think row 14 and like 327 so we'll be up in the in the shit there um i hear what you're saying though about like the whole yahoo's up there but i also kind of from a parental standpoint i don't ever want to like shelter my kid too much sure sure like I, i still want them to be exposed to the way that that the world is and you know I think the best way for that to happen, because I know in like six, seven years, there's going to be a time where she's going to go out, maybe catch a game by herself with her friends. And I'd rather her at least know what that's like with me, where I can kind of protect her and shelter her a little bit. Um, And she can hear me yelling at all the other people starting fights. Yeah. yeah, So, uh, I mean, we were up in the upper balcony down in Florida um, for games three and four. And there were definitely some kerfuffles down there to say the least like um, the, the swearing the swearing and stuff doesn't bother me it's when they start getting physical and people start flying down the stairs on top of me i've had that yeah. experience and i was like dude that's not cool man like we're just here to watch yeah. a game like you want to swear and, and yell at the game like that's why we're here like we're, we're here we're passionate right. fans you can do right. whatever you want but you paid the money dude yell whatever yeah, you want exactly i'm not going to get upset about that and i'm not going to get upset about people being too drunk and being idiots but like once you start a fight or you start flying down 
balconies. When you are physically affecting me or the people that I'm with, then exactly. it becomes a problem. Agreed. Yep. That's where I draw And the that's line. why, I mean, if the, if people cross the line, you know, I, like I said, no problem verbal. You can say whatever, just don't, don't, no hate speech. That kind of shit doesn't fly. I mean, I, I, I will say I've gone to a lot of Bruins games in the last three years. As much as people like to meme and joke about Boston being a racist city, I don't hear that shit. And I, I haven't either. heard that shit. You know, I've heard like some ableist comments, but that's still just kind of very common um, around North America. I feel like um, you hear people using the R word and, mm-hmm. um, you know, other shit like that. They they just need to learn. You know, they need to be exposed to people that have those disabilities exactly. and, and how those words actually impact those people. And when they do, they'll learn and they won't use it. I used to use that language. I negatively impacted someone when I used it. Um, I learned why it hurts them when you use that language and I don't oh, do yeah. it anymore. Absolutely. It's as simple as that. So, um, but yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the garden tomorrow. Um, it's going to be a busy week for me, actually. So tomorrow, bringing Aria down to the garden. We're parking in Charlestown, doing the walk. Um, then we are heading back home, hour and a half drive or so. And then, uh, do you remember what drops tomorrow, Birch? For those that uh, pay oh, money. Oh yeah, get ready for the two pad stack club, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah! So, um, two pad stack is creating our own EA Sports NHL twenty four. EASHL club um, you, NHL 24 is dropping tomorrow for those that bought the X factor edition at noon Eastern time. So by the time you're hearing this podcast, if you're listening in the morning, um, it's coming soon. Or if you're listening in the evening or later on this week, it's already out and uh, ACE has probably played a little bit of it. So um, <laughs> keep an eye out. Um, depending on how exhausted I am, I may have a stream going on on Tuesday evening uh, around 10 30, 11. Um, it won't be a long stream, but just to say, hey, look at me. I have the fucking game. I'm playing it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so very excited. Keep an eye out also for some fun primetime productions content on NHL 24. Oh, yeah. Sounds like there's going to be three or four clubs made, and it wouldn't surprise me to see some informal tournaments or so being organized. You'll see the OB crew, definitely the Something's Brewing crew. Awesome. You'll see us. Um, I think Davis is talking about putting together drop the mitts podcast team. So that'll be the fourth entrant into the NHL 24 world. And now that Brett has a modern console, finally, um, we're not going to be segmented into two different platforms. So (laughs) no more sinking, no more sinking. (laughs) Oh my God. Did you just see the ice surface for like 45 seconds while you wait for the game to load? Good. It's good he finally joined the 21st century or and finally got himself an up-to-date console. So yeah, maybe he'll pay me for it at some point. I'm <laughs> yeah. waiting for that. I don't know if you'll see that. <laughs> He's going to try paying me uh, in Canadian dollars and be like, what the fuck is this? No. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to be like, yeah, but I scored on Jordan Bennington. Oh, man. Ugh. I have to hear that again, man. <laughs> Did you know he's from London? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I hear it all the time. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward most to in, in 24? I'm looking forward to just getting back into it. Like, 
when we started this podcast was my first endeavor into 23. I hadn't really gotten, gotten into playing NHL 23. I played, you know, 20, 21, but never really got into it this year because the game mode's like, I'm not a big hut guy. I'm not a big pay to win or pay to be able to be good kind of guy. I, I did that in mutt a couple of years and wasted a bunch of money. And I'm just over that at this point. So uh, in the franchise mode, like I like playing franchise mode but I don't have time to play 82 games like all right. the time anymore. You know, I don't like simming games. I like being able to play it. And so I've kind of replaced franchise mode on NHL 24 with the sim hockey leagues that, 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 that I've been a part of for five years now. So I don't really have time to invest in that, but now that there's like a group of us that like I've, I've linked up with you guys to be able to play club, like I'm all in, I've have a blast yeah playing with you guys and i'm looking forward to actually getting into these tournaments and the amount of shit talking that we're going to do to each other i cannot wait i'm so excited <laughs> yeah it's going to be good and i think what we should do is when we have these inner pod battles we have one xbox or, or ea party beforehand where both teams are in the lobby together so you can hear the chirping kind of like when you're just skating out for warm-ups oh yeah and you just shit talk the other team before the puck drops and then when it starts, separate them. Uh, so you're just talking to your own teammates. You don't have to hear all that other crap. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to go yeah, Hanson so, Brothers on Brett. Hanson Brothers like, from Slapshot. Yeah, going over the blue line, you come near me, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> I swear to God, like because I'm probably playing a lot of goalie in 24. If you make me get a million fucking penalty shots against me, <laughs> I'm going to have a hard time with you. Hey, I've gotten better. I've gotten better. I, I, I'm, taking, I'm still a goon and I like hitting people, but I've gotten better at timing my hits and being smarter. And I've gotten better at the poke check. Like I said, this was my first dive into NHL. I'm only slightly less like Zach Ronaldo now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm more like a Brad Marchand now. You know, I put the puck in the net. I'm a little, You're bit, a of leader. A, a little bit of a goon. I like tomahawking people. You know, how it goes. You're a leader. You got the C on your chest. You're like Brad Marchand. I better get the A on the two pad stack pot on the two pad stack club. Speaking now, you're gonna get to see. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, uh, we have some uh, we have some questions from the community uh, that have come in on Twitter, on X. So uh, first things first, um, from Bird, uh, he says, "Lefty goalies are demons. God's mistakes. Not a question, just talking points. What is your opinion on lefty goalies, and are they demons? A little bit." You don't see too many of them out there. And when you do see one, it looks kind of weird. You, it's, it's like playing the position. Yeah, like mind opposite. fucks you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you say what you want, but like when you're going against, uh, you know, a lefty goalie, you got to change the way that, you know, you shoot on the guy. You know, you're coming in, like it, it changes your entire mindset. Like you're so used to shooting on a guy with his blocker in his right hand, you know, and his catcher in his left hand. You're so used to it because that's all you see 90% of the time. And then all of a sudden you get a curveball, like a guy like Brandon Boosie, you get a guy out there with his catcher in his right hand. I have, you know, I'm one of those people that's, I'm a lefty, you know, shooting the puck. I'm, you know, I throw righty. So I'm kind of like, I do a little bit of both. I don't know how people can play goalie with the right hand. It's just completely opposite to me. I could never do it. I'd say there's a little bit something odd about it, but like, if you can do it, it's awesome because it's somebody that, you know, it's a, it's a wrinkle that could be thrown into a matchup. Uh, you know, especially like a high level for guys that are out there shooting on, on a guy that catches with his left 
90% of the time again. And then all of a sudden you, you have to completely change how you play the game and how you attack that kind of goalie. So it's a little bit of a wrinkle. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that, but at the same time, it's a little odd when, when, when you do encounter that, like I play men's league. I, I don't think I've ever encountered uh, a lefty goal. I don't think I've ever encountered that. And everybody catches with their left hand. I mean, for me, it's natural because when I skate out, I shoot the puck lefty. So like me being a catch with the left yeah. kind of guy, yeah. I can shoot the puck a lot easier now than I could when I was younger. Cause I finally got a stick that works. I blame it on the stick, but now I'm out here getting assists in men's league after sitting out for four months. So I'll toot my own horn on that. <laughs> yeah. We saw the film. We saw the film. Um, <laughs> All over forget, Twitter. The, the game that Bussy played uh, in the preseason, he was up against the goalie on the other side. That was also a right catch. And I thought like the world was about to implode because there were two of them on the ice at the same time. Was um, that the Rangers? That was a Rangers game, right? Yeah. Oh, Louis Deming. Deming. Oh, yeah, yeah, Louis Deming. Yeah. yeah, Deming was on the other side. And I was like, oh, my God, my brain's all sorts of fucked looking at these two goalies with the right catch. But, I, I mean, I think you're right. Like, the whole left catching thing, it's just kind of natural. I mean, you think of you think of all the righties in baseball, right? They mm-hmm. all are catching with their left glove. I think for the most part. I'm not an MLB guy. But, I mean, in youth baseball, the kids that I saw playing when I was involved in youth sports, you know, that's what you see. Um, there's so, some people that are ambidextrous, kind of like what you were alluding to, Burge. Um, Some people that rate left but shoot right. But it's just the the catching right is so weird, dude. People, it's, it's, it's funny. You, funny you bring that up because uh, I was at Men's League tonight and we were talking about golf. Okay, how many lefty golfers do you see out there? There's not many of them. There's some pretty prominent guys that are that are lefties, like Phil Mickelson, um, Bubba Watson, but like you don't see many of them at the pro level. I'm a lefty golfer. I'm one of those weird dudes that's a lefty golfer, and everybody gives me shit all the time because like, how do you hit the ball lefty? I mean, I still send it to the left. I still shoot it off to the left because I I suck at <laughs> golf. But like, everybody always says it, and playing like with friends and stuff, I have plenty of friends that are lefty golfers, and People always say it's it's so weird. How do you everybody? And it, it's, it used to be very difficult to find lefty golf clubs when you were out there playing. I actually had to have a friend who worked at the golf shop hook me up with my set because I couldn't find like a good set. So it's it's kind of the same thing. Like lefty golfers are demons. If you know you want to play it like that, it's it's kind of the same thing. You're just you're just the oddball of the group. Yeah, um, but it, but it's definitely interesting to see them just able to mirror it and what's usually a blocker side shot is a glove suddenly anyways we can move on we're rambling um <laughs> from grace oh boy will burge ever accept captain brad marchand will you i don't have a choice he's the captain i have to accept it will i be critical of him at times when he deserves his criticism yes like the other night when he goes up he's obviously tied up with i think it was Faraby when they played the flyers at the garden he was obviously tied up with them and, you know, there's a good battle going on between those two, two guys that are NHL players. And he, he still comes over the top with a, with a tomahawk chop on his back. I'm like, dude, you can't be doing that. Like, I get playing with an edge. Like, and that's where Brad Marchand excels, okay? He, he plays with that edge as, as a player. I just don't like seeing my captain doing that. It's like in an NHL game, 
like in a regular season game, I don't even I don't even recall if he was penalized for that. But like in a regular season game, that's got to be penalized, and he could look at a suspension for something like that. I don't want my captain getting suspended, especially with his history. So I want him to, and it's kind of too, kind of a catch twenty two here because for Brad Marchand to be the player that he is, he needs to play with that kind of edge, and I don't want to see him lose that. And he has done a good. I will I will say he has done a really good job over the last couple of years, kind of cleaning up what he used to do with all the slew footing he used to do and all that. He has cleaned that up. So I will give him that as he's, you know, excelled, you know, excelled to the uh, being a leadership in that locker room. I just don't want to see my captain suspended for something stupid in the regular season. So I, the answer is yes, I have no choice to accept him. I will accept it, but I will be critical of him and I will not. And you know, you come at me on Twitter all you want, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be critical of him throughout the year because especially this year when they're in a team with a bunch of new faces, granted they are veterans, but a bunch of new faces and a team going through a transition retool kind of year that they're expected to have. I don't want to see that. He needs to be on the ice. He needs to not be sitting in the penalty box. He needs to be on the ice and he can't be sitting on the ninth floor. So the answer is yes, I will accept it. I I don't have a choice to accept it. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be quiet about it when when I see him do something stupid. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think that I'm very tired of seeing Brad do rat shit. Like he he hasn't done it as much in the last three seasons, and I had been very vocal about that. That I think he has changed his game. But when he gets his Jimmy's rustled, he is prone to make poor choices. And he doesn't have his binky here anymore to mm-hmm. reel him in. You know, Bergeron was always that security blanket for him. Like yep. Brad is fuming on the bench. Patrice is right next to him saying, Hey, knock the shit off. You're fine. Like people are going to try to get under your skin because they know that you can, they can piss you off. He doesn't have that anymore. He's and that guy now. He's he supposed to be, to be that, that guy. guy. Um, and I'm not saying he needs to be Patrice Bergeron or even replicate his leadership style. Right. Brad can be his own leader but he needs to be a leader. And part of that is if you're going to answer in kind to some rough stuff, when you're being held up and the ref isn't calling shit, don't use your stick, like shove the guy in the face, push him down to the ground. Face wash him. Yeah. Like just use your truculence. You don't need to swing your stick because you're going to get caught. You're lucky you didn't get caught. It's a preseason game, whatever, like make better choices, Brad, you know, the team's looking up to you now and, and, we need you to do that. So it's a little concerning to me that we're already having this discussion before the season's even started. But um, but hey, Captain Brad Marchand, gotta sell I, those jerseys. And right? I don't and I don't even want him to not be like a rat kind of player. I want him to do that. I want him to be the player that has made him a such a great player in in the league. He needs to do that to be as effective as Brad Marchand is. Like obviously he can score and he can, you know you know, be a playmaker, but that edge, that edge needs to be there, but it needs to be controlled. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Moving on from the C, uh, from Bobby Bruski. Would you like to see the NHL do something fun? Like Andy's room cast that we saw this past Sunday in the NFL. Uh, if so, which two teams would you like to see broadcasted in a cool environment? So, 
the Bruins, I mean, not the Bruins, the NHL have done something like this already once. They did the uh, the Big City Greens game, um, which was Washington at New York. So that was kind of cool. They used that player tracking technology similar to what you saw in the Toy Story game. And you saw the characters from that obscure cartoon that even my kids don't enjoy um, skating around on the ice. And they had like the main characters playing in the position of um, the goaltenders and stuff. And it was really cool to be able to see them taking that player tracking data and and putting it on an overlay um, over some animation. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think that they probably learned a lot from that experience where there were maybe some glitches and stuff that just looked weird. Um, the delay was a little noticeable compared to the actual on ice broadcast as well. Um, so I think they can do a better job, but it was, it, they have already done it once. Um, and it's clear that Disney is trying to put their IPs overlaid with the professional sports broadcasts. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, a lot of people were talking about it. It's going to continue to happen. I'd love to see another one. And selfishly, I'll, I'll hand it over to you in a moment, Burge. But selfishly, I'd like to see the bees involved, mm-hmm. uh, just because that's there's a rooting stake for me in that. Um, I think I'd probably lose my patience like halfway through the first period and turn on the regular <laughs> game because I would want to see some of the actual details of the game. Um, but why not do a uh, bees? Um, another a major American market because he is, or, uh, Disney won't do it without that. So probably, you know, maybe Bruins, Rangers, Bruins, uh, Islanders. Mm-hmm. I think something like that would would probably be a great fit for that. So I'm not of the one that I want to see the Bruins be a part of it. Simply for what you just said, I when I watch a Bruins game, I want to watch the game. And being a dad of three young boys, I want my kids to enjoy hockey. And I think my, my kid's been on a massive toy story kick for the last three months, you know, since, since my twins are born, I would love to see the NHL do something like that. Could you imagine seeing like Woody's arms flailing when he gets decked in the corner? Like, could you imagine seeing something like that? Like something, or at least like an animation like that, my kid would die for something like that. So while I I'm hesitant about wanting to see the Bruins in it because like, I want to watch the Bruins game. I want to watch a hockey game. If it's like another team, like the NFL did, I think it was Jacksonville in Atlanta, like two teams I could care less about. And if I was home on Sunday, that game would have been on my TV for my son to watch. Cause he would have been all over that. My wife and I had actually talked about watching that game, but obviously we had, we had other plans. We ended up going, uh, you know, going to a fair, but seeing something like that for hockey, I think would be great to expose my kids to. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to market it towards the younger, younger generation. And I'll give some like us hockey parents, Hey, let's watch this hockey game with, you know, your favorite movies, characters playing the game, you know, in, in your favorite, in, in their room, in, in like a bedroom or something. I think it would be great to see that. And if you look at some of the clips that the NFL did for their, for their, performance like if you watch like there was one play i think it was a clip on twitter where trevor lawrence scrambled for you know 30 yards and they they played them side by side and it was like unbelievably accurate with you know where it went with the play where the play went it was i i was my mind was blown because i I had low expectations for it and seeing that i was like i'd love to see that transition to hockey and be a good product like that and especially gearing it towards like kids characters i mean 
Disney has owns ESPN. So they and ESPN obviously we know has the NHL TV contract with TNT. It's a perfect opportunity for them to put one of their movies into the game, into the ho- into a hockey game and 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 just market it towards the younger generation because I can guarantee you I'm not the only hockey parent that would love to see something like that and introduce it to my kids to kind of hey, this is hockey. This would be great to see. You know, uh, you know, watch the game. You can see you could see your favorite characters playing hockey. I think it would be unbelievable to see that. Yeah, dude, I agree. And it's a great way to bridge, you know, the streaming platforms that are really popular now today because, you know, when they did that big city greens game in the NHL, that wasn't just on the traditional networks where you watch hockey. That was available on Disney Plus um, where you're not going to find a lot of sports. So it's a great way to open up the sport and the brand to a lot of people that maybe wouldn't be exposed to it otherwise. And all they need to do is be scrolling through Disney plus see that hockey game, be like, Oh, what is this? Wow. Okay. This is really cool. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about this. And then bam, you've got somebody that maybe is hooked and, and that's really fantastic. Um, yeah, I would love to see more of it. Um, just don't make it the only thing I can see. Let me have the actual on ice view as well. And I won't complain. Hey, I'll sit. I'll sit with that on the TV, and I'll have the actual on ice view on my uh, my trusty little mobile device right here, and watch the game off that. If it gets my kid involved, I'm happy. Love it, absolutely. I agree. Um, final listener uh, request um, question from Audi Fan Twelve. Burge, I'll throw it at you first. Is it imminent that a goalie is traded before the deadline? I think he means a Bruins goalie. And do you think one goalie will play multiple games during the season instead of switching every other? So I think he's suggesting like going on like a four or five game run or a one A one B type thing that we've had in the past. I would like to see it. I would like to see the Bruins kind of maybe out of the gate, kind of alternate starts and as one maybe starts to play even a smidge better than the other, give him multiple starts in a row. Like I think we saw last year that the kind of the basically splitting 50, 50 uh, throughout the year kind of failed the team in the playoffs. And again, I understand a lot of people's takes on wanting to keep the rotation going through the playoffs. It's traditionally not been done. And it's not something I, I care to see. I want, I like, I'm a, I guess you'd call me an old school mind when it comes to this. I want to see my goalie, my number one goalie. I want to ride him as far as he can until he can't do it anymore. And then I'm making the switch. Obviously we saw the Bruins last year. They made the switch maybe a little late um, at the time, given Omar's injury and all that. So I, I want to see my guy play until he can't and then go to the next guy. He plays until he can't in the playoffs. Um, so in order to prepare for that kind of, that kind of grueling, you know, task on the body, on the mind for, for a goaltender. I want to see that tested in the regular season. It's the perfect time to test something like that. Give Linus Olmark four games in a row, five games in a row. If it's working, if, if Olmark is in game two and he flounders, that, then no, you abandon it at that point and you go back to your, you know, your one B and Swayman. I think we saw that, saw that with, with, with Tuka Rask and, and Yara Halak, you know, in their last years here. Now, could you see, could you see a situation where you get, you know, two, one, three, one, 
two, one. That kind of that kind of split. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with that because it's also giving giving your number one a chance chance to rest. I think it's all going to dictate on the play of the two goalies going into the season and how it starts. And then you're going to kind of see like you're going to make 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 a choice. Like I'm I'm a big proponent. I wanted Swayman traded this offseason. I have made no secret uh, no secret about it. But given that they didn't trade him, he better he better take the job this year. He better be able to. You know, seize the job from Linus Olmark. I've been waiting to see that. I have. We didn't see it last year. We didn't see it the year before. So I'm waiting to see where he seizes that 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 number one job moving forward. In terms of getting traded, I, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's eminent. I, I think I think it's going to dictate how the team is doing and how their 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 reps are being split. If the team's out of contention, you know, pretty much a long shot to be a, a real contender, then I think you have to explore it because your team is weak in other spots and there's no point in putting one of your best assets on the bench every night. Yeah. This team is like 10 points out of the playoff picture at the deadline. I don't think anything's off the table other mm-hmm. than like Charlie McAvoy, David Pasternak and Marsh. Like, they're going to trade the captain. I wouldn't be surprised if they are that far out. Um, that's shrewd business. You just, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but the guys that are under contract, <laughs> yeah, if they're under contract for a long time and they're core young members of the team, you're not going to move them because they would be here, you know, for next year or the following year when they're looking to potentially contend again. I don't think the Bruins are going to be in that position. I could be wrong. You never know what's going to happen. Um, but I agree. yeah, uh, if they are outside of that playoff picture, I think it would be wise of them to trade one of the goalies to recoup a first round pick because we don't have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and either one of these goaltenders should absolutely fetch a first round pick. Um, to address your question specifically from my perspective, I have a little bit of a differing opinion than Burge. Um, a, your first part of the question, no, the, there's no trade that's imminent. Um, yeah, it, it's all highly situational. Um, depends on where we're at, like we've said. And do you think one goalie will play multiple games during the season instead of switching every other? I honestly think that what they had going works. Uh, the only reason why it didn't in the postseason is because they stopped doing what they had going that was working. Um, we've talked about this on previous episodes. It's, I think it's it's idiotic to think that when you suddenly change something and you, for some reason, expect a similar result to to what you were doing before when it was so drastically different like just because it's the postseason and i know this is something that goalie bob just believes in is riding one goalie in the postseason we didn't ride a goalie at all during the year and it worked immensely both goalies were competing they were pressuring each other they were thriving they were hugging everything was wonderful um sunshine rainbows all that good shit and then when the postseason shows up and suddenly the pressure's on we don't continue that process. We don't continue that uh, 1A, 1B. We decide to crown one guy the 1A, or, or sorry, the, the bona fide number one, um, and they give him that leash to run with. Like, no shit, it didn't work out. You didn't do this at all throughout the year. Now, Burge, he's saying we should do that in the year, so they have the you know um, experience. They've done it. Um, they can handle it. I think that Linus Allmark has never been that guy. 
he's never been able to do that for extended periods of time. And that's why he wore down in Buffalo. Granted, completely different system in front of him. That was a really garbage team in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But the the stats are there and numbers don't lie. So the roll with curveball, like what how how can it be there's not going to be a bigger obstacle for a, a, an opposition playoff matchup than you have to plan for two fucking goalies. When you have one goalie, you can plan. You can do your scouting report. This is where this goalie's weaknesses are. This is where we can ad- make that harder for the opposition. You know, make that scouting staff have to prep for, okay, game one, we're probably facing Linus. Brief the, the, the shooters. These are his tendencies. Game two, completely different. Everything that you had in your fucking head, Swayman's in. You got to do something else. Like, that is not a handicap. That is a perk that you have on this roster. And I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead, jump in. I was just going to say, like, it, the reason it failed, like you said last year, was because they didn't test it. And, and, and the reason why I want them to test it, because I want to see if that they can actually do it. And there's something to be said about a goalie getting hot and riding that goalie as long as you can. So, I agree on your point with, you know, you got one goalie. Okay. Now you got to see the next goalie, but you've, if you see that all year, if you see it all year as a, as a team that's scouting, you're going to be able to see, okay, we know this is his weakness. This is his weakness. And we can attack both of these guys and you can plan for that. Now it may work. Like I said, it's never really been tested that kind of, that kind of tandem, but at the same time, the Bruins have never really tested their, their goalies to play, multiple game stretches at a time. And to be honest with you, I want to see that because what if one of them gets hurt in the playoffs early on in the playoffs, then you have to ride one of them. So that that's kind of where I sit on it. Why I'm saying give these, you have 82 games in the regular season, give, give these goalies their time to, to try to get, get hot, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't ultimately disagree, but I do think that, they had a fantastic thing going on last year and they stopped for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately led to the downfall. Now to your point, if Swayman is going to grab the reins on this and, and take this number one job, he he needs to do it because he's Mm -hmm. had multiple chances in the postseason to say, Hey, the other guy faltered. I'm your guy. You put me in, in a must win situation. You see what guy, and, and once again, I don't want to bring this guy's fucking name up all the time, but Jordan Biddington was a castaway. <laughs> and this guy was thrown into the net in St. Louis, and he went on an absolute fucking tear, and he won the games that he probably shouldn't have won. All the way up to game seven in the fucking cup final, this guy won the games that he wasn't supposed to win. And that goes to your point, Burge. You know, these goalies can go on a fucking heater, and... I don't think any of our goalies can really do that because they aren't really exposed to that in the re- in the regular season. Um, exactly. I, I would like to see it though. I would like to see them say, "Hey, we're not like other teams. Let's throw a curveball at them." Here's one goalie, one game. Here's the other goalie back. You're never going to know until you do it. And the way that we're doing it right now isn't working in the postseason. It hasn't worked the last three seasons in the postseason. It's time I- to change it up. I was a proponent of riding Linus Omark last year. I was big on that, but like to your point, I you know obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back on it, they should they should have they should have kept what they had, and you know maybe they got lost in chasing records and you know that whole that whole thing. But at the end of the day, 
you do want to stick with what works. And again, I, again, I was against this wholeheartedly in the playoffs last year, but hindsight, they probably should have done that. Linus Omar probably doesn't get hurt in that situation. And they, they probably beat the Florida Panthers and kind of continue on their role. But, you know, to your point about Jordan Bennington, all you have to do is look at the last year, look at Aiden Hill. He was like the fourth or fifth goalie on the depth chart for the Vegas Golden Knights going into the playoffs. And he ended up getting in. He got a little bit hot. And obviously he had a really good team and, and coach, you know, in front of him. And lo and behold, look what happens. I mean, you see, you kind of see it happen almost every year. And I'm not saying that every year a cup winning goalie is one of those guys that kind of just gets hot and goes. But there's always one one guy that comes in and is able to go on a bit of a run. And that's what that's that's really why I want to see the Bruins test that even early in the season. Just see if just see if it could work. And then if it's not working, go back to what works. So that's that that's again, that's where I sit on it. I really want to see them test this theory come come even October, November, test it. You know, obviously everybody's getting their legs together and and you know getting into the feel and the groove of a, you know, a grueling regular season where you play 82 games over the course of, you know, however many months, but test those theories early when they're healthy, see where it goes. And if, you know, Linus Omar gets hurt again after three starts, maybe you pull it back a little bit, give Swayman mm-hmm. a chance, give him those yeah. three games and then, you know, kind of see what happens. I, I really want to just see, see them test the theory in the regular season when they can afford to drop a game or two here and there. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so before we wrap, we've got 12 minutes left here in our recording today. We're going to keep it about an hour today. Um, it's getting late at night here for us. So apologies for maybe the shorter episode than maybe what you were expecting. Um, just want to kind of regroup and recap a little bit on the last two preseason games. Um, Bruins played the Flyers once at home, once on the road. Um, the game that was Friday, um, Pasta was back in, in his first game of the preseason, and it looks like um, the noodle man hasn't missed a beat. So he hit the net twice for the bees, made it look easy. Um, saw a little bit of a different wrinkle to the team uh, with Patrice Bergeron not being in the roster. Uh, Zaka found himself in the slot in the bumper, and he uh, is a different handedness than Patrice. So uh, it's been well documented by a good piece by Fluto Shinzawa on The Athletic where he was talking about how that changes up, uh, you know, the passing options for the Bruins power play. Um, probably is going to mean some trickle-down effects to David Pasternak on the power play. A uh, lot less one-timer options, but it means he's probably going to have the puck on his stick even more. So a few more wrist shots, snapshots with traffic. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts him. But um, the Bruins end up falling in that preseason game. I'm not too considered or concerned about, um, you know, the results. I, I'm really just kind of looking at things with a macro lens on the players that are trying to compete and make a roster spot for themselves. Um, but Pasa looked good. Um, Danton Heinen hit the net, uh, which may have put the nail in the coffin for – Alex Chason, who is released from his PTO. Uh, Heinen, I just think, has looked better than Chason in every facet of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the defensive zone, in in the neutral zone, in the offensive zone, he just kind of seemed to have it all put together well. 
Um, he looks like a, a more complete product than the Danton Heinen that was here before we let him go. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they make the money work if they're able to bring him in. I've seen a lot of things that state that it's not possible unless a trade or a wave of a player that isn't really considered to be, you know, one of those candidates before is done. So um, I hope to see him. I have him penciled in on my third line. Uh, but yeah, it was a good game for our, for those two players. Um, the defense looked meh. Goaltending was meh. Uh, everybody, know, but... on, everybody on Twitter crucifying Linus Olmark for a preseason game. <laughs> Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> so so let's pivot here to the game that occurred tonight. Um, Bruins hit the road with a ragtag group, some some NHL regulars, but um, a lot of players that are trying to make an impression here. Um, some of those players that were put in the, I don't want to say amateur, but the uh, B group by Coach Jim Montgomery, uh, who separated out his uh, remaining players into – a veteran group, which are all the one-way contracts and the big boys. And they put a lot of those guys that I don't want to call are like the Providence bound group, but a lot of those players that are on the bubble or definitely aren't guaranteed a spot uh, altogether in their own group. Um, and it seemed like he was trying to send a message like, Hey, as you're playing right now, this is where you belong. Show me. Otherwise make mm-hmm. me think that you need to be in the other group or alternatively for the A group. Like, you better fucking keep up with these other guys or I'm going to send you with the other group. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yep. um, Bruins ended up falling tonight to the Flyers. They didn't look good. They did not generate anything five on five. Special teams looked good. Um, Swayman played pretty well back there. Uh, gave up one squeaker I would have liked to have back, but, you know, he made a lot of saves that he probably shouldn't have as well. So, I can't complain too much. Um, Bruins are outshot 24 to 14. <laughs> so when you only get 14 shots on goal with a power play goal, like, yeah, not great. Um, really wasn't impressed tonight with uh, Richard. Um, I think that kid can skate like 200 miles an hour. He's got like rocket skates, but his brain doesn't keep up with his feet. Um, made a lot of poor decisions with the puck. Uh, Lysel needs to have another season in the, in Providence. He's making bonehead mistakes too. Um, luckily, he looks more like a man. I think he's got a bigger frame. <laughs> he's able to not fly off hits, but he's still trying to play that finesse game and, and make plays that aren't there. And you can't do that against NHL quality opposition. And the Flyers were icing a very veteran heavy lineup this game, um, preparing for their season. So, mm-hmm. um, all things said, I I really loved. Loved, loved, loved what match what Matt Potra did tonight, and I think he was probably, according to some analytics that I posted and I found online, the game score. Whoever does that, I really should know this. I can shout them out, but he was the best best skater on the ice for the Bruins tonight. And Jim Montgomery in the post game interview, he was out saying, "I thought that Matthew was excellent. Um, He didn't wait for the game to come to him. He brought the game to the game." Um, he wasn't panicking with the puck. He knew what he was wanting to do with the puck before he even had it. He made the right plays. He's like, I can't say too many good things because we only had 14 shots on goal. We barely had the puck five (laughs) on five. So it was hard to really get a good grasp on a lot of these bubble guys. But, uh, 
I mean, I would say Patua, from what I watched, was a more effective centerman than Charlie Coyle was tonight. I, I feel like over the course of the preseason, that kid has earned at least a shot in the regular season before they have to make a decision to either burn his year or send him back to juniors. I feel like he's done enough to be able to say, hey, we're going to roll you out in the first couple of games of the regular season, see where we're at, and we'll go from there. If he continues to do what he's been doing, dude, play the kids. This is a retool year. I get the whole let's don't burn a year of that cheap contract for him. But if he's playing at, at a at a pro level, at least give him a look against legitimate NHL competition, uh, you know, in the regular season. And I think he's based on what I've seen and the, the, the little bit of preseason that I've watched and the highlights that I've been able to take in over the course of the last week. He's earned he's earned his shot to to at least get a look in the regular season. Dude, I'd go even further than that. So I'm ready to give him top six minutes to start the season. Like, I am ready to go. So I know I mentioned I want to sign Heinen. Probably my 13th forward right now if we sign him. And that's a good thing to have, a player like that as your 13th forward. So if we are to sign Matt Patois, I mean, he's already signed. I mean, give him the job and let him play in the regular season. I want a top line of Brad Marchand. Matt Patois, Jake DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fantastic for the kid. And let's see if he can handle it against NHL quality opposition. He's looked good in the preseason. He's been playing well with, with good quality wingers. Um, let's see it, dude. Like, I Who are we to say no just because we think it's too early? Like, If he is playing like he can play with these guys and play at an NHL level, fucking play him. I would absolutely take a number one center on a ELC contract. Yes. All day. So give him the chance. Absolutely. And, you know, you also got to look at it in terms of his development. What more is he going to be able to where, how much more is he going to be able to develop at the junior level? I think he's already proven the fact that he can play at that level and, you know, he can't go to Providence. So it's one or the other. And if he is demonstrated, which I think he has, that he can play here and he's going to be playing with a couple of good wingers. You know, he's going to play with the captain and then play with, you know, Jake DeBrusque, who is no slouch himself. He's a very solid player for this team. Although, albeit he can be streaky, but let's see again, let's see what he can do. You have not, I think it's nine games to make the decision, see what it looks like for three, four five games. And then be like, ah, maybe he does need a little bit more time or this kid is legit. He's earned his spot. Give him the minutes. We're in a transit again. You you may not call it a transition year, but it is a bit of a transition. Just given the core and given what you've lost over the past few years, why not take a chance? See what he's got. And again, he's got a three years, so you lose one of the years in a in a transition year. Be, and what's the worst that happens out of that? I don't feel like he's going to take a step back in his development because he's playing at the pro level. It's it's kind of one of those things where if he's got it, he's got it. Let him go. But going back to yeah. juniors is not going to do him any good. Agreed. Agreed. And like, let's just see how it goes. Let's throw him out there at this point. Like, and, and also I have to shout out Dom Tiano, who early in the summer was like, this is a kid that I have as my dark horse to make the team out of camp. And he obviously has a, um, you know, his finger on the pulse of the OHL. He's a, done a lot of scouting. He's got a great website. Um, I think it's Dom on hockey or something like that. 
But um, yeah, he was the first one I saw anywhere that was like, look out for this Poitras kid. And uh, sure enough, man, he's my pick to make it out of the out of camp here in the top six spot down the middle and take advantage of those voids left by uh, Bergeron and, and Krejci. So yeah, I've got I've got Marchand Poitra. I'm gonna say his name like eight different times until I yeah. figure this out. Marchand Poitra Debrusque. Second line of Zaka Coil Pasternak. Third line of Van Riemsdyk Geeky Frederick. Fourth line of Lucic Beecher Lauko extra forward Heinen. I don't hate that. I like to think I, I like to think that Heinen's gonna crack the lineup a little bit more than being a 13th forward. That's just me. I've always liked what the kid has brought here, even when he was here prior to being shipped out. I I really like what he brings to the table. I think he got a bad rap amongst the fan base here when he was here. Everybody would always complain about him, saying he sucks and this and that. But he's left, and he's he he's looked the part of a kind of that, I don't want to say middle six, because I don't think he can play in the top two lines. But like if he needed to slide up in certain situations to play on the second line, I feel like he can do it. And I felt like he could do it when he was here. And I still feel like, I feel like, like you said, I, I agree with what you said about him being a more complete player here now than he was, you know, when we traded him away, I was stunned that he didn't get a contract at, out of free agency. So I think this could be a, you know, a, you know, a diamond find uh, for Don Sweeney to bring him in here on a PTO. Obviously he's got the relationship with Jim Montgomery from his time at Denver. So I think it's a match made in heaven. I think they'd be stupid not to sign him. And I get the, the money and the cap has to play a factor in that, but I it, it screams a fit to me. Yeah, I, I think they just need to make the logistics work, and that's why they have Evan Gold, um, GM of the Providence Bruins, who does his magic with the numbers. So uh, I'm sure there, there will be some sort of um, salary cap uh, um, money laundering going on to make it work if they do that. But I would love to see Danton Heinen. I think I think I agree with you. The best utilization for Danton Heinen is in a third-line role, third-line wing, and PK. Um, he can eat up some of those important minutes that mm-hmm. won't need uh, you know, uh, a Van Riemsdyk or somebody that can barely skate out there. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things go. We'll know more by the time we talk to you guys again next time. Um, Definitely appreciate everybody that tuned in. Um, Keep an eye out for news about our NHL 24 streams. Um, But yeah, any uh, closing thoughts, Burge? No, I'm looking forward to regular season hockey in nine days. I'm very excited to watch some real hockey. Obviously, we know the preseason is kind of one of those things that's kind of, eh, you watch it if you're deep into it. And you really want to see some of these kids. Obviously, I haven't been able to tune into much of it, but uh, really excited for real hockey. I'm very excited to get into the two pad stack club on NHL 24. So I'm excited to get into streaming that with you uh, here in the next week or so. So, yeah, looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to next week. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, once again for listening. And we will catch you all next week. All right. Have a good week. Peace.